what I've learned in my career and how I've become a leader and what I learned in my education and, and using that to help people recognize the genius within themselves and, and be able to work in their genius. Hello and welcome to the One Heart Podcast sponsored by One Heart, One Light. One Heart, One Light is an authentic, diverse community of men and women who have a background with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We choose to love and be loved unapologetically. We teach unique tools to apply Christ's atonement, and we are a bridge to becoming one with self, others, and God. Today our guest is Shawneen Shanks. Shawneen is on the board of One Heart, One Light. She is the mother of nine children and grandmother to four little ones. Shawneen works as a risk and control executive with a large bank. She is passionate about helping people find and love their uniqueness and believes that each of us has a genius that we can cultivate. Shawneen, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm glad you're willing to, to talk with me today. And I wanted to, I guess, just start by asking you a little bit about your participation on the board for One Heart, One Light. And uh, I'm curious, how did you, how did you get into the you know, emotional healing space and, and this type of thing? Um, yes, I'm on the board. Um, I kind of jump in feet first very quickly. Um, I, I think I came at it from different avenues. Um, I, I do, I, I did pursue an education in psychology and, you know, people often talk about those that, that are studying psychology as those that just really want to figure their own crap out. And I think that that is, that is true for me. Um, but I did it more from a, an avenue of wanting to help other people. I've always, I've always been driven to take my own experiences and use them to, to help others. Um, the, the, the arm of psychology that, that I studied is really in the workplace. And I do spend a lot of time in corporate America. And so where I tend to, to really focus the help of others is, is in the workplace. And so kind of examining motivation and um, perspectives and, uh, you know, just different things in the workplace, I think help just kind of build on recognizing that I had some work to do too. Interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt there. So it sounds like you, you, yeah, can, kind of came at it from this angle of, Hey, let me, let me help others. And then as you did, you realize, Whoa, I get, I guess I have some work to do here as well. I do. I do. And that's, that's happened a few times. Um, Tell me about it, some of those. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I had a very uh, difficult first marriage and um, when I was trying to make the decision on what to do, I think it, it was toxic, but um, I've, I've not been one to really be in a position to examine my feelings. Like, ever, right. <laughs> you know, growing up, it wasn't permitted really. You, you weren't supposed to feel, um, you just get, it's uncomfortable when you're expressing emotions, um, for those that aren't accustomed to it. So I, I say, I polyamid my way through life. Um, just put on a happy face and just deal with what's ever in front of you and move forward. And so, uh, while I knew that the, the marriage was difficult, there was some toxicity, um, it, in um, 
I was trying to make that decision, I was invited to a Relief Society event uh, from another ward, and it was totally last minute. It, um, we just got an invitation saying, hey, we want to get as many people there as we can. And it was a woman coming from a local women's shelter to talk about the things that she had seen and, and really the cycle of abuse. And so I said to my daughter, who was um, 17, almost 18 at the time, I said, hey, let's go see if we can help these women, not putting myself in that, in that position. Sure. Um, and we sat there that night and it hit us full force, both of us. It, we just both just cried and cried and, wow. and realized um, that it wasn't just difficult. It was, uh, it was not a good thing for us. And, um, that it, there was, um, there was more to it than, um, than we had thought before. Sure. So it sounds like you had been kind of, like you say, Pollyanna, you put on a, a smiley face, you show up at church, you show up at work and Hey, everything's great. How are you? That's I'm right. doing fine. That's and- right. And it wasn't, it was this that, that really helped you see, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not doing fine. My, I think so. I think so. So making those decisions were, it was very hard, of course, um, divorce isn't for everyone. It was not for me. I was determined to make it work and, um, coming face to face with the emotions, understanding, I think what my spirit was trying to tell me, um, you know, that, that, um, that inner voice uh, was driving me to help others and to work through difficulties, but um, probably in an effort to come to my own realization um, that I, that I needed to work on those emotions. So that was kind of the beginning of my journey on um, still, I think um, it wasn't easy and it wasn't often, it was still very much during that time. It was difficult. So it was putting on a happy face and a brave face and, and just trying to muscle my way through it. Um, but, uh, but the learning has advanced since then. And, mm-hmm. and still to this day, it's hard for me to get in touch and recognize what I'm feeling because it, I have to stop and, and actually ask myself, okay, what's the emotion behind here? And that's not something that comes easily sure. and it's not something that's natural. It's still, it's still hard for me, but it's necessary because then I can analyze why I'm behaving the way that I'm behaving. It's, it's, that, that emotion coming out in my behavior and in my body and in some of the, the aches and pains, even that I'm feeling, um, might be as a result. And that was, I found that through one heart, one light. And, um, it, it's been changed life-changing for me, but it's been a journey getting there. I don't think had I gone through those original difficulties, I would have been ready sure. to look at the emotional side of things. Right. So yeah, something you've, you've kind of just pushed away and, and didn't, it sounds like you weren't even conscious of the emotions, even though they may be showing up in your behavior, showing up in your attitude, showing up in your family. That's right. It it wasn't a conscious um, experience until, until you started to make it conscious and say, Oh, wow. Okay. What is this? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling something. And then kind of working through that. So you, you said it's happened a few times. So what other times, um, and I guess I could start with this. Did, when you came to one heart, one light, was it kind of that same attitude of, Oh, Hey, I'm going to help. It was, it was, it was. So my career goals really are centered on 
what I've learned in my career and how I've become a leader and what I learned in my education and, and using that to help people recognize the genius within themselves cool. and, and be able to work in their genius. And I, I thought, you know, that I had a mastery on that. I, because everything was rosy, you know, I, I still put this, everything's great. What are you talking about? You know, work is work is work. You can just, you can turn it into something amazing. I sure. realized through that though, um, I wasn't allowing other people either to, to feel and celebrate and learn from their emotions, whether it be my children or those around me. It was, it was very much a just, you know, power through it, just move forward. Very cerebral, but, but no room for emotions here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I still very much believe you need to move forward. Right. Um, Sometimes it's harder than others, but you can do that a lot a lot more easily if you are recognizing the now what's going on today and that helps you move out move forward more strongly yeah yeah um what what would you say um has uh, i don't know just as you've learned how to has it been uncomfortable has it been a learning curve you know what what have you experienced as as you've said oh my gosh all these these this part of my life that i've just totally pushed aside I now need to welcome in. What has that been like for you? Sure. Uh, of course, it it has been difficult. It hurts, yes. Um, one of the activities we do with One Heart, One Light is really examine the traumas of the past and the effects that it had us. And, I, I, you know, of course, being the Pollyanna, I focus on that. Okay, so what was the good part of that? How did it end up? Um, what did it give me to, to benefit me? And... Um, I'm really forcing myself to stop and recognize, you know, what it didn't in the, in the current, right? Like what did it do originally? Um, how did it make me feel? Um, and really examine that to, um, to really understand full force what was going on. But it's really, I mentioned like kids in the workplace, um, really it allows me to do that with my kids too. When they're reacting poorly, I know I can stop and say, okay, there's something emotional going on here. Now, even with a master's degree in psychology, you know, it was easy for me to look outwards, kind of the moat in, sure. in the brother's eye kind of thing. It was right. easy for me to, to look outwards and not really explore that inwardly. And so um, I think it's really benefited my, my children. So I don't have to react to behavior. It's let's get to the emotion. Right. So instead of you taking on their, their emotional outburst personally and, and maybe getting mad, it's like, okay, let's, let's recognize that, you know, that this is about you and we can, I was just going to ask if you, if you get much cooperation from your children, I, I struggle sometimes to get my kids, you know, they don't want to talk about it, you know? They, yeah. They, they, well, so I have kind of two sets of kids and my older kids, it's, it's easier, you know, we can talk about emotion without their realizing that we're going through that. But um, with my younger one and all of them, I think it makes me more forgiving because then I remember, oh, hey, I went through something similar. This, that emotion that did this to me too. How can I expect, you know, a 12 year old just to to move past it and not respond in a difficult way. So it it makes me not hold it against her, like react differently myself. or even, you know, the older kids, um, it, it allows me to forgive more freely. Right. Right. Um, so I, I'm just curious, I'm going to, I want to, you know, as you, 
as you were going through some of your challenges and traumas, how, how did it affect your, you know, your, your spiritual life, your, your faith in the atonement or, you know, how was that, uh, what was that factor there? I guess in the moment I was still very much, I'm going to be brave. No one's going to see how weak and fragile I'm feeling. I'm going to show people that this is not going to break me. Um, And so I felt strong at the time. I felt very firm and committed. And, you know, I made mistakes at the time as well, but it made me, um, it just cemented my determination and my resilience um, to stay close to the Lord, to feel the spirit, to, um, to move forward. Um, As I grew from that, um, how can you not help, but understand the atonement a little bit better by understanding what it is to repent? I know the Lord, um, we talk about judgment and, um, whether we're going to end up, you know, in heaven or hell or, or whatever the term that you might use for it, uh, celestial kingdom, you know, the different kingdoms, um, it helps me recognize that the Lord is so perfect. He's going to know our heart. Sure. He's going to know these experiences and the traumas and understand them. And Christ felt them. Sure. So the, the way that um, they can forgive us freely, I can taste a little bit of that when I'm recognizing my own emotions. I can, I can do that with my own children. That's part of the perfection. I think of the, the system that he put us here in so that we could get to that point. And, um, give people a little of our own grace. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that, you know, a lot for myself that, that as I started to look a little deeper at my own issues, my own weakness, that my heart really opened to, to those who, who, as uh, I think it was Elder Uchtdorf that said that sin differently, right. They, they may show up differently in life. Um, my heart just kind of melted the judgment that I had held before or, um, the things that I, I may have, um, you know, thought, oh, why, why do they do that? Or, you know, why do they have a, a tattoo or, you know, whatever the, the previous judgment was, I'm like, you know, that's, that's not even mine to judge. And, and I'm sure that if I, you know, grew up in their neighborhood, I would, I would have done the same things. You know, if I grew up in their house, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be any different. So, um, that's one thing I, I definitely noticed is being willing to, and I love the scripture in, um, I guess it's either 12, 27. If men come unto me, I will show them their weakness. And I read that to also say, if you're not willing to look at your own stuff, you really can't come unto me. And certainly there's, you know, there's another scripture. I, I don't remember the reference, but you know, where, where it says we shall see him as he is. And, and to me, I can only see Christ as he is once I've seen myself as I am. And that means all of my blemishes, all of my dirt, all of my stupidity, all of my, all my weakness. Um, I think until I, I started doing this kind of work, I didn't, I didn't want to look at that. I wasn't, I wasn't about that. I was about a little bit like you showing up with a, a smiley face on Sunday and going and serving and, and always, you know, kind of looking like, Hey, I got this figured out. Um, but inside I, I knew I didn't and uh, just didn't want to show it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, so as you as you've come on board with with Ono Heart One Light and 
and um, are bringing all of your experience and your knowledge. Um, what what would you say is um, you know, maybe your vision of for the for the person who maybe maybe they're out there, maybe they're like you were 15, 20 years ago or whatever, and maybe they're struggling and not sure where where to go. What would you say to them? Well, I believe everybody will be drawn to healing work when they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody's going to be ready at the same moment, but when someone's ready to look inwardly and to, to, you know, explore the difficulties of the past, um, I guess what I'd say to them is it'll be better as you go. Um, that don't, don't let the fear stop you from allowing that healing, um, to make you whole, to help the physical you be able to get in touch with the spiritual you and move forward as one. Thank you. That's beautiful. As you were saying that I was thinking of, um, you know, everybody's, we're all on our own journey and, and I think you're, you're right. We'll be maybe drawn when we're ready. And I got thinking about how, as I was, I don't know, like a senior in high school, I was reading self-help books as I was finishing high school because I knew I, I don't know, I just had a lot of anxiety, a lot of insecurity, a lot of, um, just a lot of stuff swimming around in my head and could not really figure out what it was. And, and so for, you know, 25 or so years, I was always, always, always looking always seeking, oh, you know, what's wrong? And, and kind of like you, I, I didn't get a master's in psychology, but I, I remember a, a few times, you know, taking some classes and thinking, oh, maybe I need to study psychology so I can figure out what's going on in my own life. Um, but through that very windy and long path of, of trying to figure out what was going on and, and, and just you know, eventually uh, I came to this work and it, to me, it, it kind of encompasses so much of what I was looking for um, that I can, not only can I deal with my, we call them limiting beliefs or my, my emotional issues, um, but I can do so in a way that, that does draw me closer to Christ. It's not that I have to run away from him or be angry at him. Um, I can actually apply his atonement daily and in a way that, that isn't just um, I was talking to a friend earlier today, actually, and and kind of the idea was a lot of us seem to think that, well, God's just going to fix it when I die. And so I'm just going to grit my teeth. I'm going to endure to the end, which I think has a very kind of negative connotation. Endure to the end means I grit my teeth. I slog through life, hating it, and then I'm just going to die, and God better fix it when I get there. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I know. <laughs> And I've definitely felt like that at times, but, but to be able to learn the tools and the skills to, to say, no, I don't have to live that kind of a life. I don't think that's the life you know, the Lord wants us to have is a miserable, nasty life that we we're regretting or not regretting, but, but begrudging maybe and, um, and hating until, till the very end. So. No, that's not me. I, um, 
my moving forward is just the, you know, just the smile, the, the plastering, the, the smile and everything's going to be rosy. Um, but I know and love people that are very much or have in the past very much just waited for the edge. Like, God, just, just come on. Christ needs to come tomorrow. I'm, I'm kind of done with this. Um, and you're right. I think he wants us to have joy. I'm not sure. Now, I didn't realize that that I needed to understand the emotions and what they did to me before, right? I thought I had kind of mastered one difficulty before moving on to another difficulty, but um, I don't think that we can truly have joy until we do settle and come, come to a comfortable place with those injuries of the past. We have to get to a place where we can recognize what happened and, um, and what it did to us and then forgive anybody that, that might've been complicit. Um, and then we can truly move, move forward, right? We're not holding onto that baggage anymore. So as we can move forward and experience new things and learn from new difficulties, that's where joy comes from. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and I've noticed that certainly in my own life that, um, it's not until I, yeah, kind of go into it and, and feel it and appreciate it and, and can even see what I gained through that. You know, we, it's easy to say, and we do all the time in primary, oh, we're here to learn and to be tested. And yet when I'm really tested, what the heck? Who changed the rules? What, what, what's going on? You know, it's almost like we're, we're surprised. I'll speak for myself that, you know, it's like, God, this is not fair, right? I'm supposed to be tested in the way that I choose. And, and this is not working for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. I understand. I hear you on that one. Uh, the, um, the difficulties of life. Oof. Um, in speaking with my sister, I think it was just last night and, and we were talking about how, um, often I, I got the impression and I think she did too, that that, uh, you know, maybe it was in primary or sometime along in church that, that repentance isn't the Lord's plan. It not as plan a, at least it's only as plan B, right? That the plan a is just do everything right. And, and don't be one of those people that screws up and has to, then you have to repent because you screwed up, you know, that it's this negative thing, um, instead of realizing and, and allowing more of, uh, no, you're going to experience life and, and repentance is his plan because nobody's mm-hmm. going to get it right. So don't expect to be perfect. And I, I think that word gets, gets used as a bludgeon sometimes that, oh, you didn't do it perfectly. You, (laughs) you screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other part of the culture, the gospel is beautiful, right? For that, for that purpose. I mean, to allow us um, the knowledge of of Christ and what he's done for us in the atonement and how to to return to our heavenly father by accepting that atonement. Um, But our church culture tends to really focus on the, what you have to do to make it right. Right. Um, read your scripture. Yeah. You said, you know, the typical Sunday school answers, read your scriptures, say your prayers, um, go to seminary. Like these are, if you complete this list of things and check it off, everything will be great. And when you get there, you're like, wait a minute, not everything's not great. The world is still difficulty. And I, I think they're difficult. And I think, we're doing a better job these days, kind of talking about yeah. um, how that's, that's not always the case. 
what we don't do a great job about is talking about the connection with people that is needed. Um, we all put up walls, right? We all, sure. yeah, well, at least if you're like me, uh, you're, you might sit in and relief society and, and feel very lonely because you of all of this stuff that's going on inside you. And it's hard to, to truly freely connect with people. And it might look like you're great friends, but to truly um, connect with folks. And so that feeling of loneliness, whether or not you're reading scriptures, whether or not sure. you're going to church every Sunday, I think it can still be there. And, and the answers that we don't talk about much are the um, truly how to love each other. And that's the first commandment, right? right. But in order to love each other, you have to love yourself sure. and to love yourself. You have to love all of you. Um, and that does mean being vulnerable, um, seeing really truly who you are, how you got there. Um, and then like we, we talked about earlier, then you're allowed to more freely forgive or to appreciate others for, for who they are absolutely. as imperfect as I am. Right. Right. No, absolutely. And that's, that's beautiful. And I, and I think you're right. Um, that uh, that's what I've, I've witnessed is that I, as I see my own stuff, not only does my heart open, but I'm, I'm, I'm less judgmental and I can, I can allow others love. I can allow myself to connect. And, and I think you're exactly right that the irony for me is that in this connected you know, society where I have a thousand friends on Facebook and all these, you know, likes and other stuff. I believe we've never been more isolated and alone in our modern than, than we are now. And so that is definitely a, a huge part of, of what we're doing is, is giving people the tools to connect. So I don't thank you at all. I think you're right. Yeah. And, and we're about out of time. Okay. Is there any parting words of wisdom? That you would like to share? Well, I would have prepared word of words of wisdom. Um, <laughs> I guess my purpose in my work is to um, help people find their genius and work in their genius. And I would apply that here as well for us to, to find our genius. It is to love our whole selves and to take care of all our whole selves. And then you can do that to turn and help other people. And, and that's really, I think my foundational message is um, to love, love yourself too. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Shaunine. I appreciate you being with me today and wish you the very best. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks again for listening to the One Heart Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe and check us out online at oneheartonelight.org.